Fucking learn your geography, Kelly. God. Welcome to Talking Sons, the most avoidant podcast about Dungeons and Daddies made by fans of the show. Dungeons and Daddies is a podcast about four dads who are teleported to the fantasy realm to reclaim their sons. This isn't that podcast. You should go listen to it because we don't care about spoilers and we'll spoil everything. Talking Sons Community Edition, Episode 9, Terry Jr. Megasode. Theme music goes here. Ba-dang, 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 ba-dang. Hi, my name is Jamie, and my dad fact is actually along the lines of the last dad fact I had when Emma was on the show. Uh, My kid is still a monster when it comes to eating. So the other day, I was making spaghetti for him, and I shook out a whole bunch of Parmesan cheese onto a spoon. It's a long story. Don't ask about that. And (laughs) so the spoon kind of filled up with Parmesan cheese. And rather than like pick it up and sprinkle it on the spaghetti and the sauce, he just kind of like ate it. You know, that whole spoonful of canned sawdust. So I, I don't know about my child. I just don't. To continue on with your child's food crimes being okay in my eyes, I've done that. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I now I kind of want to try it, but I also know that that's not a good idea. It's not good. Fresh Parmesan, like the fresh stuff, it's good. Yeah, this is the canned sawdust stuff, you know, from Kraft. Yeah, that canned saw, like it's not the worst thing I've ever had. It's not great, but I've done it because. <laughs> sometimes life be like that you know i'll go next (laughs) (laughs) hi i'm emma again and my dad fact is that i've realized that this is my fourth time on this podcast which makes me the guest host with the most episodes under my belt which does wonders at silencing the little voice in my head that's telling me that everyone's just pretending to like me because now i'm convinced that you guys actually like me because you've had me back four times so shit she's found us out dear god you're the guest host with the ghost most everyone run scattle (laughs) scatter scatter scattle scamper everyone scamper (laughs) (laughs) wow or what is it scarper that's what the uk people say hi my name is kelly and my dad fact is uh, my roommate and I have to buy Costco-sized boxes of fruit snacks because we're adults and we eat, like, three or four for dessert. I bought nine of those little sunripe fruit bars today at the grocery store because I was walking through and I saw a box of them in the produce section. It's like, oh, man, fruit snacks in the produce section. These have got to be healthy. <laughs> I've, I've eaten, like, five of them since then. Oh, my God. I am a monster. Like father, like son. Oh, I mean, wow. All right. I mean, we're just we're just adults who enjoy Annie's homegrown berry fruit snacks. Yep. Yeah. Totally adult things to do. Well, uh, hi, my name is Thomas. And my dad fact is the other day, my D&D group uh, played our final session. And uh, for the first time, I decided to record it. And so I am now learning the trials and tribulations of editing six audio files that are seven hours long each. Oh, oh my goodness that is many hours this is my oh. second day working on it and i am i have half an hour of finished content so far Oof. you at least get them like synced properly did you get everyone to like 
clap or have a unified sound or something? Or are you just kind of guessing? We just used Craig. Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) Which Craig only records for six hours at a time. I don't know if you guys have actually tested that out, but I figured that out the hard way. So I have two Craig files. Oh, no. Oh, man. Wow. You feel Egnity's pain. I don't. Yeah. And it's it's a different kind of pain, I feel like. But yes. Okay, so we are here to talk about another bunch of episodes, not just a single episode. This is another Megasode because the dad spent four episodes not going into the tower and one episode spending way too much time in the tower that doesn't need that level of investigation. So we are here to talk about Terry Jr.'s episodes. Episode 11 from Dust Till Dad, episode 12, A Tale of Two Daddies, episode 13, Terry Jr. and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Dad, and episode 14, The Tower of Terry. By the way, I I always get super self-conscious whenever I have to say horrible because I grew up in New Jersey and my initial uh, reaction is to say it horrible. 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 (laughs) And people look at me funny when I say that. How dare they? It sounds like you should be like an old timey announcer from like. Yeah. Oh, what's the. Yeah, sorry. What? Was it 1920? Yeah, let's go with 1920. The 1940s, Sonny. We got the Midlantic accent here. There it is. Yeah. So to skip past the bit that Agnity is going to cut, to start things off (laughs) in episode 11, the dads rolled into a town and beat up a kid. Like you do. It's the most important thing. When you roll into a town, you got to beat up the first kid you see just to prove that you're strong. Established dominance. That's a very dad move. It's very dad. That's what I did when I came back home, except the kid was my brother and um, now he's bigger than me. So it was more of an even fight and I felt bad about it. I don't want to talk about it. Just just fight dirty. (laughs) I do. Yeah. (laughs) He's so tall. Okay, so the dads rolled into the bar and started fixing it up. So there was a couple things that happened before they rolled into town. I think we're skipping one very important detail is that we got to hear Peyton sleeping on the way there. (gasps) Yes, Peyton sleeping. It's like Anthony is trying to make Peyton the most lovable character possible. Like if he thinks that it's an accident that he is our favorite NPC, he's wrong. You're so right. Yeah. That was the introduction to Peyton's cuteness. Uh, that was Lizard Boy Scales McStuffins' exit. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was just a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Like, finding the bar and getting actually to Ravenloft was, you know, the plot point. But the character beats, the character beats, man, were like way before. Mm-hmm. Right. But, oh, my goodness. So they also find out that they were going to Ravenloft in the first place for the purple robes because Nick took a selfie or something and they check the geotag, which happened to have Faerun (laughs) GPS information on it. And then Ron (laughs) ruined Glenn's phone. Well, just just made it run out of battery. But, you know, you can say ruined on having a selfie and that killed his phone. But the selfie took at least. So one day we're going to get to see that, I feel like. Maybe. Maybe. I think you're right, but I think that's also going to be Willie Stampler's downfall. We'll be seeing that picture in the purple robe. <laughs> oh, I can't. I hate Willie. Fuck that dude. Fuck that guy. 
Fuck that guy. Fuck that. Um, yeah, that was that was really good. And this is the episode where Ron has mild success with comedy. Mm-hmm. His tight five. And then mm-hmm. it spirals into his downfall. Yeah. He's hoisted by his own comedy. Right, I mean- right. Incredibly insightful where he pretended to impersonate a tower. That was yeah. funny. That was funny. That's, yeah. I, there's a lot of the jokes that I just that I just sort of ignore yeah. on my like second or third listen throughs. And there's like the ones that still get me. One of them was him just impersonating a tower. Also commenting that the tower is tall because his dick is not tall at all. <laughs> right. I think part of that is just because Beth is just so funny in her delivery. Yes. And then like if it was anyone else, I don't think I would laugh as hard. But it's just like her flat like almost monotone delivery of it but with those sudden spikes of just like inflect inflection is that the thing yeah yeah sure yeah sure i'm not a linguist <laughs> Ling- yep anyway. I'm, I'm not linguini i'm not controlled s- by a rat <laughs> i am not ratatouille i am not real ratatouille oh my um also as a like recovering catholic Ron's takedown of the Catholic Church was really great. I was right there with Matt. <laughs> I don't. I was not Catholic, so I was. I didn't understand. It didn't make as much funny. Yeah, no. I was raised Lutheran, which is like the Catholics of the Protestants. So I almost got it. Right. It's very close. I was still stuck on the tower thing because I totally do the same thing. Where my four-year-old, he will see these guys driving around in lifted trucks, and I'm just like. Oh, I'm sorry about your tiny penis. Hey, I do that too. Yeah. And your four-year-old repeats this? He does not, because he's smarter than I am. My four-year-old does that. Oh, I mean, it just sounded like he was involved somehow. He would say, oh, truck, look, big truck. And it's like, oh. oh. Okay, that makes way more sense, because that's how my four-year-old nephew is. Okay, okay, whoops. (laughs) So... Anyways, to circle back on the dad eye thing, because I would like to talk about that. Yes. Um, They came in and started fixing things. I think I would actually pay them to leave and not fix anything. Just, like, go. I think the best compare and contrast we could do is to find two different shitty bars and have the actual queer eye guys go to one bar and then have dad eyes go to another and then see what they come back with and if anything is you know on fire at the end of it because oh so much money netflix you gotta pick this up (laughs) yeah but there was some like real good combat in there after ron was a chuckle fuck and invited in the vampire thrall as a joke. I don't know if he invited her in because like Anthony's NPC was like, I, why did I invite her in? I think that the the vampire just like showed up like she had entry. Oh, uh, she's talking about later with the oh, van. Yeah. Oh, right. Dang. Right. How did I skip forward that much? Yeah, there's the part in the bar where they fight in the bar for a bit and she takes yeah. a huge bite out of Daryl. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, dang. Oh, yeah. dang. Yep, yep. Getting a taste of the daddy. I liked how gratuitous Anthony was with the peaks behind the screen telling them what each enemy's challenge rating was. Yeah, because all of that information went in one ear and then immediately out the other. I love all of you people who are playing on the show, but I don't think challenge rating means anything to you. As a DM, one of the things that you have to make peace with very early on is that if you put a monster in front of your players, they're going to fight it. Like, that is just a given. 
or fuck it. Yeah, they're going to hit the <laughs> hit the three Fs. Fight, fuck, or flee. But they're not going to flee. What I can appreciate as someone who thinks vampires are sexy, this is going to sound really weird until I get to the end of this sentence. I mean, it already is weird, yeah, and I'm, I'm very I'm excited. Following. Keep in mind oh, okay. that the vampire in question is like eight years A old. A little girl. I know. I like the subversion of the trope that's not a sexy vampire, it's a child. It's yes. not sexy, it's yeah. just like a child instead. Yeah, like the, what is it? Um, What's her name from... Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer? No, 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 older, older. The one with like Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Interview with a vampire, yeah. Kristen... Uh, Dunst? Yeah. Yeah. Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, that little vampire girl who was like totally pissed off at the fact that she was like 30 years old and like in an eight-year-old's body. A little girl. Yeah. I don't watch like movies ever, so like the movie thing is like lost on me. Buffy is vaguely there. I've never watched it though because it Oh god. You guys are baby. Oh, Emma, you should because it's so it's so delightfully queer coded. I love how like every time I say something regarding media on here, it really just drives the point home that I am younger than everyone. Yes. I, I mean, you don't have to preface it with I have not seen this thing that was out before I was born, but Yeah. Anything before oh the year two thousand doesn't exist. Oh my god. Anything before two thousand, not real. In the year two thousand. Oh my god. That's <laughs> wild. Um yeah, so then then we get into the van and Ron tries to do another tight five and he just, you know blows it. Screws the pooch real bad on that. Yeah, he like if Ron was a verb, Ron would mean to screw it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also get our first glimpse of Terry Sr. as the sexy French vampire. We don't know he's French yet. No, we do. I thought we heard his voice a little bit. No, the episode ends right as they see him. Yeah, that, okay. that's oh, a cliffhanger. Yeah. We do meet Aaron O'Neill, though. Oh, yeah, Aaron. Yes. Hang out with her for a little bit, and they talk about all the things that they could be doing. And then she takes them up and there's a telescope and then they see Terry Sr. and Terry Jr. Nice. End of episode. Dun, yeah. dun, dun. That was one of those five. Books. They also get a little bit more info about the library and how he functions and Aaron's relationship with him that starts the world building on that. That also was next episode, actually. Yeah, next God episode. damn it! You're so, just so geared for episode 12. Yeah. I'm ready for episode 12. Yeah, like literally very little happened in episode 11. This is why we have Megasodes, yeah. because like they rolled into town, they hit up the bar, they fought a little child, and then they left. Like, that's it. And in episode 12, the dads talked with a vampire, talked about vampires, and fought a vampire. So... Here's the thing. I know we like love to make fun of them for having five foot episodes, but God, the one liners are worth it to have the five foot episodes because that's when all of the crazy batshit Beth riffing comes from. That's where yeah. all of the best stuff is from. I have to say that listening through the episodes here in the Terry Jr. arc, they made me laugh in ways that I haven't so much with like the newer episodes. Even after listening to like the newer episodes. So it's like, I feel like that this is like comedy peak for the daddies. Of course, with the dour arc, they just they'd overcompensated with the humor for it. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> yes. It's like right at the point where they found their footing. So it's like, OK, we've gotten to the group and it's like kind of the point where everything's starting to come together as both 
the podcasters and like the podcast listeners and you're like yes it's great it almost felt like a new podcast in a way and it's now just like kind of what we're used to does that make sense yeah yeah i mean it's where everyone really started getting comfortable and gelling and just having that character mindset right i mean it's pretty much the same with any D D game is that it takes you a few sessions to get out kinks Oh, God, I didn't want to use that word. <laughs> I always end up changing, like, the personality traits and flaws and stuff of my character, like, five or six sessions in. Because I'm just like, this is not the character I wrote, but this is the character it is. Right. right, you learn how their personality comes out. But let's talk about episode 12, because that's the one that I'm the most knowledgeable about, apparently. <laughs> yeah, started off, and then they were like, hey, can you come over here? And then he did. Yeah. Okay, can I give you my, like, mental picture of Terry Sr.? No, you oh. may not, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh, I'm thinking Giancarlo Esposito, especially in his Breaking Bad persona, because I can just feel him with a saucy French accent and feel the menace rolling off of him and nothing will change my mind about it. Hmm. I see him as Trollbus the crime eater. You are horrible. And now my image is sullied. But I do like it. I pictured him as um, Inspector Clouseau, but as played by Steve Martin. Jesus. Like the lead singer of Coldplay? No, that's Chris Martin. Oh. Steve Martin as in, oh my God, everything, everything. Yeah, he was the... No, we can't, we cannot go down this road again because it's just us explaining cultural touchstones to Emma again. Hang on, let me look at him. (laughs) He was in Cheaper by the Dozen. I never watched that movie. I just know him from like the DVD cases. Honestly, I think I just imagined nondescript vampire. So that is my mental casting of Terry Sr. We got French Terry referring to Terry Jr. as his fermented nut. Yes. The worst. Like that is a punchline that I would have expected from Steve Martin. And that was kind of what set him That's there in my mind that- <laughs> yeah yeah same terrible french accent same terrible handlebar mustache yeah fermented nut oh man anthony oh my god yep yep and uh so yeah we got to get some back and forth with uh a less than convincing terry senior and it ended with a henry freakout again will trying to burn off some of that vegan energy and angry about being protein deficient yeah no doubt. I do enjoy a good Will freak out. Yeah. And then after the vampire left, they continued to have the conversation, but about the vampire instead of with the vampire. And we got introduced to my all-time favorite NPC of all time, Beth May. Jesus Christ, yes. That whole exchange is another example of, I don't care how many times I listen to this, I will always laugh the same amount. It was amazing. More than friends, less than lovers. Especially in the context of this most recent Talking Dad that was released today, where Beth said that her cosplay goal is for people to dress up as Ron dressing as Beth May for Comic-Cons, and that there's... Oh, man. 
There's just layers upon layers. I don't even know what that would look like. Me neither, because I only picture Beth as her Facebook picture, which is Bigfoot with her face on it. Yeah, pretty much. Because she is a cryptid. I think it'd be like a blonde wig, but then over that blonde wig, it's like the old man haircut. And a mustache. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you'd be playing as Ron, and Ron would have the old man wig. Oh, yeah. And he would have on a Beth May wig over that. Right. So his hair is, you have to have the short hair underneath the wig. Poking out, yeah. I'll send out an example later tonight, because I do have a blonde wig. Okay. So they called her, and it was amazing. Just comedic gold. I feel like that, like, from a sheer laugh-out-loud standpoint, it doesn't get much better than this episode. Because, you know, kind of the comedy of Terry Sr. and them calling Beth May, but this is another episode of how can this get any better? And then combat kicked in, and we got the Daddy Zord. Jesus. The Daddy Zord? Payton riding on Bear Henry. Which is funny because I believe in a previous community episode, we established that Henry slash Will were otters. Right. And Daryl would be the bear. But yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, uh, Henry got to ride the bear. Or no, no, no. Daryl got to ride the bear. With Payton. Yeah. With Payton, which makes it not okay. Um, (laughs) And... Ron. And then the fanny pack. The fanny pack. Daryl also got Birkenstocks. He did get the Birkenstock heel. Yeah. Yeah. And he was very specific about it. And and I like it how, like, as a bit of foreshadowing, Anthony said, the power of knowledge second only to the power of fatherhood, which felt like a hint at the daddy magic in the Omega daddies. Oh, man, you're fucking right. Mm. Oh, my God. He totally had that gelled in. He was dropping that stuff. Yeah. Foreshadowing foreshadowing hindsight is 2020 fuck you anthony where you you get no credit for this <laughs> man we really should stop giving him credit yeah you get no credit for this we we assign no points i've decided mine now i'm taking credit oh good job emma thank you yeah you get three foreshadowing points that would have been awarded to anthony had he not been such an anthony thank you i'm mm. honored i'd like to thank um not only god but jesus wow right <laughs> That's deep. And and something else that I think was, uh, I don't know, amusing was there was a little aside about how Terry Sr. is French because the name of the town Rocaporta is also French. It's because of him that they pronounce it like that is what they said, is that whenever he moved in, they ch- changed the pronunciation. Yeah. Because they weren't aware that Rockport wasn't only the Adventure Zone thing. It wasn't like a thing. Yeah, it was a Taz original. To be fair, I would also think it was just like a regular ass D&D town. I'd be like, yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then Beth comes out with this ending cliffhanger that like really threw me for a loop. And I think I... I we're just going to skip over the uh, problem solving that they had where they managed to decapitate a vampire with a bag of holding and skip right to the cliffhanger. We don't talk about gimmick kills. No, 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 no. We don't talk about the kill that doesn't deserve it because poor Fanny bag of holding was just over overlooked. Gone too soon, my friends. Mm-hmm. And Anthony told them how like how to kill this vampire. He laid in the clues so well with Aaron O'Neill mentioning about how, oh yeah, it's cloudy for almost all the day, except for 15 minutes. That's going to happen in two hours. And we know that sunlight is bad for vampires. Right. Just drop them right in there and they're like, we'll kill him right now. 
We don't give a fuck, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron O'Neill has long been a mouthpiece for Anthony to drop some knowledge bombs, but the dads just don't care. They're hiding in their bomb shelter. Yeah, ignore it. You know, not getting hit by that knowledge. Full speed ahead, ignore everything the DM is saying. I mean, using the bag of holding, fanny pack of holding, to, like, cut off the head, honestly, that's pretty ingenious. Like... Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, it is, but it only works once because then you lose your bag of holding and I guarantee you a DM will not give you a second bag of holding. Yeah, you're not getting that back. Yeah, you only get one per campaign. I was going to say something it was like, but then I decided not to because it was actually kind of dumb. Good idea. So now you don't get to hear it. I'm glad. Hey, now you do get to hear it simply because you don't want to hear it. It's like sticking your hand in lava. You can feel what lava feels like, but you can only do it once. <laughs> Emma, you have two hands. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, fuck. Holy shit. Also have an elbow, and you can also feel with your elbow. Yep. See, this is why it was dumb. I don't know if that's the reason oh you thought God. it was dumb. No, no, no. The, the expression is, you can only taste lava once. Oh, that, yep. Is that an expression? Because I have never fucking heard it before. It is. Hey, I don't know. I, I don't know if you know this about me. Uh, another fun fact about me. I'm actually illiterate. Emma is 19 and she can't read, just like Jared. Yeah, what up, I'm Emma? I'm 19 and I never fucking learned how to read. We got the classic Payton, Payton, Stabby, Stabby. Yep, yep. Which resulted in a miss. With, uh, this is still with Glenn's Leatherman, right? Yep. God. How could you give that to a child? He's got the eye of the tiger, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but still, even with the eye of the tiger. Who's your daddy? That was kind of fucked up. That was very fucked up. And it made me question everything I know about myself, Beth, because I did laugh. And then I felt real bad. Right. I think everyone felt terrible about it, which is why they ended on it. <laughs> of all the growth that Ron has gotten over this campaign, that was bad. That was very upsetting. It's like what I love about Ron and also hate about Ron is he'll get these like mountains of growth and then it's just like one line or like one action and it's just like immediately back into the toilet. Yeah, and I'm like, oh. Wow, just like Chandler being from Friends. Without the pain pill dependency. Wow, I never watched Friends. You're not missing out. Nope. Yeah. And with that episode wrapped up, let's move on to a word from our sponsor. The Dad Four are back in an all-new episode. Tim, the Spoolman Taylor, is a barman whose bar is in desperate need of cheering up. I don't really want people messing with my bar. This is the only protection I have against vampires. But these dads have other ideas. Hey, you mind if I uh, liven the place up a bit? I couldn't help but notice that your uh, brew could uh, could need a little work, and I'm actually a brewmaster myself. Could maybe if you show me uh, how you're uh, making the beer there, I could uh, spruce it up a bit. We're just rolling oh in as dads <laughs> yeah. to fix this bar. Tim is barely surviving, but he could be thriving. Hey everyone, turn those frowns upside down. I really don't want you guys here. Please leave. I believe with my brewer supplies, I can just make good beer. No, you don't have to. Daryl, you know what yeah. might spruce up that beer a little bit? is a couple of good berries, my friends. It's all about taking Tim out of his comfort zone. Guys, what do I have to do to get you to leave? Hey, uh, Tim, give this a little sip. This is going to taste real good in about a week. What? No. What are you doing? Just buy a drink or go home to your empty house. A tight five. <laughs> a so tight five? A tight about five. this guy in the tower. Fine, just don't get us killed. If you make fun of... Tim's life is about to be turned upside down. 
who has been making fun of the master with incredibly insightful comedy. Hey, hey guys, uh, this is going to sound weird, but there's no other way to say she got vampire bite. And that's when they wrecked my bar and left with the little girl. Dad Eye for the Bar Guy, coming this Tuesday at 8 on NPR, the giant who runs the land. Special thanks from uh, Dad Eye for the Bar Guy. Uh, watch it this Tuesday at 8. Can't wait. Yeah, it looks exciting. In episode 13, the dads continue to not go into Anthony's dungeon. <laughs> yes. So Terry Sr. is... Oh, Terry Jr. is out. Sorry. Yeah, he dropped the, the glass orb with the mist and he just left. You know, there was nothing the dads could do to stop Poor him. Poor TJ. Poor TJ. Tej. 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 I mean, there's... I just to see her dad die part two is real fucked up, mm-hmm. but it also does kind of dovetail in the way that Terry Sr. was here. He was a father. Then he came to the Forgotten Realm somehow? Question mark. I, I, I feel like that if I were a medical professional, uh, this would be the emotional equivalent of like debriding the wounds, which is where you like scratch off all of the Remove scabs all the and dead healing. Flesh. Yeah. And you like Ooh. peel it away and expose all the raw stuff. So that way the healing can begin. Yeah. I don't know how much of that was. Uh, I feel I like don't know. This would be the equivalent I'm taking all that healing that's been done and just taking a knife and re-stabbing into it again and again and again. Just giving him a dead arm oh, in no, the not the right angle, sorry, angle, sorry. Yeah. Like re-breaking the bone after it's healed. Yes. Yeah. Nope, didn't do it right. Yoink! Oh god. But it does make me think that this all is going to tie into how daddy magic works eventually because the real terry senior was in that coffin yeah yeah that comes out in episode 14 that was just like never explained like why is his body just like there i think it's gonna come up in the in the rest of uh what's going on or was just a dimensional yoink i feel like so as a fan cast we had an episode title that was actually ditched and it was called all dads go to faerun And I feel like that that is just the case more and more that like all dead dads, you know, all dogs go to heaven, all dads go to Faerun. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that is exactly Anthony's plan. Yeah, perhaps. Right. And speaking of foreshadowing, um, Peyton had like a direct quote in here when he was asked about his family, about his dad dropping him off. And that was later retconned to be Willie. Was that just straight up retconned? Yes, because I, I, I mean, I think that like. I don't think it's necessarily retconning it. It's just, you know, throwing back. I don't think Peyton was originally meant to be as important as he is. No. Anthony should have known when he gave us that little like snoring noise. He was in it for the long haul. <laughs> yeah. Oh, at this point in the podcast, we know that we know that Peyton's important. Yes. Regardless of his role in the plot, he is important. That is, you know, that is Anthony failing to read the room three times now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> don't think Peyton was supposed to be as important to the plot as he is now at this point. Fair. Yeah. Right. So the dads left uh, Aaron's house and uh, Henry, as always, um, and Daryl, really good at de-escalating situations and managed to get the entire forest angry at them. Henry, Henry, you poor, miserable, dumb bastard. I feel like Daryl started it. Yeah. Henry didn't make it better when he was like, oh, I'm a vegan. 
you know, it's like yeah. I only eat plant matter. I only eat your people. Like what? It's like read the room. Yeah. Read the room. He can't. It's it's completely anathema to Henry to read the room. Is this where uh the book by Dennis Kucinich is mentioned? It is. Yes. During this whole thing, Glenn casts Charm Person and then he manages to go in to get his guitar, I think. And he also steals the book, the book by the great druid Dennis Kucinich, right? I don't yes. know who Dennis K- Kucinich is. Shut I didn't up, either. Emma. No, I didn't either. No, like, who is he? And I didn't look it up. He was like a political candidate back in the early 2000s. In America. See, that's another, like, I'm not American. That's also another thing. That's also part of her. <laughs> don't, don't worry. I'm baby. I feel like I'm not that baby, but I still didn't know who Kucinich was. I don't know what to tell you. I was a very active political youngster. Yeah. And I participated in a grade school election for Bill Clinton. So, you know, word up. <laughs> I, I mean, I was in college when that was going on. And all I remember is that, like, during interviews, he would pull out a pocket version of the Constitution. I thought that was Ron Paul. No. Ron Paul also did that, I swear. Yeah, to he stole it, Ron Paul. But uh, OK, we are getting into weird territory here. This is what happens when you talk about Grand Druid Kucinich. He just he just has this effect on people. Dennis Kucinich looks like he's made out of wax. That was one of his selling points because you didn't want a politician to spoil back then. Yeah, I'm just looking at him right now. He he looks weird. He's a weird looking man. No offense, Kucinich. I know you're listening, but like... Dennis Kucinich absolutely listens to this podcast. I would ask if he was still alive, but he's made of wax and wax never dies. He is still alive. He's still kicking it. He's 73 years old. So uh, the dads were busy coming up with all kinds of crazy accents and voices. And Beth May got to drop her Christopher Walken voice, which was amazing. I think that was the first moment that even seemed like remotely like D&D, just like bad accents and voices. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. All the perception checks from earlier on in this arc was just <laughs> that like they say they're not a D podcast but that was as D as you can get we're yeah we're, we're so i feel in like leads. that that was kind of like a take that against all of their fans who were saying this isn't D. they don't do any dice rolls or anything and so it's like the characters are like i look around no no i roll the dice and make a perception check <laughs> daryl what do your dilf eyes see oh um, just Will keeps trying to make Henry the worst person in the world, and he generally succeeds. Yes. Especially with overnight oats for dessert. Like, that viscerally makes me upset. Yes. See, like, that's one of those things I'm like, you know what? I can let that slide what? because of all the other shit he said about Henry. I absolutely don't have a problem with overnight oats for dessert. You can make overnight oats whatever you want them to be, and you can make them a dessert. Yes. Apparently. Well, but there should not be any outrage against that. But the thing is, overnight oats is a breakfast unless you're having breakfast for dessert. It's like you make it up in the night and then you let it sit overnight. It's like, is he like making overnight oats during the daytime? You can. Okay, but counterpoint time's not real time is fake correct time is time an illusion is lunchtime doubly so yeah i've had cereal for dessert so you can do that with overnight oats i mean cereal definitely like if we're talking cinnamon toast crunch 
That shit is a dessert. I should not have been eating that as a child. You know what? I honestly can't see what kids see in Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It's the taste you can see, Jamie. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's, I, I don't get it. It's better with not milk. It's better dry. They can just like hunch over the cereal box, eating it by the handful. Like you're a gremlin. Just like. <laughs> but French Toast Crunch is superior in almost every way and is the best cereal. End of sentence, end of discussion. Uh, the cliffhanger was that Terry Jr. announces that uh, he's going to go save his uh, dear old dad. Yeah. Yeah. Once they finally got in the tower. Finally. Yeah, they finally got in the tower. And then rather than going up the stairs, they like went downstairs and rescued the kids. <laughs> Just talked about trap music for a while. Yes. Oh my God. That was. And then they, they fed the frog to that trap chest. Mimics. We're, I mean, Ugh. we're starting to, to see more D&D tropes happen. The mimics was very good. Feeding a frog to it was horrible. But very good. Right. Ron's poor hat of vermin is actually like the most valuable player for the entire campaign. Yeah. Right. MVP. Better get to it. Yeah. And then so after spending 20 minutes not going up the tower, they finally re-enter the entryway. And that's where they hear Terry Jr. kind of announce that, oh, you guys are on a timer. <laughs> Better get moving. Which transitioned us into episode 14, where the dad's finally went into Anthony's morally questionable sex dungeon? No, just regular dungeon. There were children there, Jamie. Jesus. Oh. There were multiple children. So in episode 14, they start out and go into the game room. Did you guys notice that the dial on what? the thing was set from Terry Jr.? Hello? To Terry Sr., uh, kind of like a cheeseoid thing. Did <laughs> Sorry, Nikki, just... you weren't invited to this call. No, but like, think about it. It's like kind of like cheeseoid in that, like, the thing was set from Terry Jr. to Terry Sr., implying that they both have different fighting modes. But, you know, like cheeseoid, it's kind of like cheese to petrol, like, which ones he smelling? Like, she's a wonderful robot. Have you guys seen this sketch? I, yeah. yeah. Once. <laughs> I have a question about that. So, is Terry Jr. cheese or is he petrol? He's cheese, obviously. I think on the robot, left to right, it's cheese and petrol. So he would be cheese, yes. And and vampires are very flammable. Yeah. Vam yes. But like personality-wise. Personality-wise? Well, maybe let's go around the room. Like, are you a cheese or a petrol? I am cheese because I do have, this is not a joke, I do have a bracelet that my mom made me that says cheese on it. I'm cheese because I am part French and self-explanatory. Oh, so am I. Nice. I am petrol because I am kind of smelly, moderately flammable, and I make things go. Yeah, and didn't you used to do like piloty things? I mean, I've flown a plane before. I have like hours in a black book. There we go. Um, I'm. I don't know who I'm. Am actually no, Emma. That's not <laughs> petrol. That's Brie. <laughs> Emma's Brie. <laughs> I'm Brie. Emma, I... stop shoving yourself in a gas tank. Cheezoid hates self. And you know what? That makes sense. Because yep. I probably shouldn't have a driver's license. That is... <laughs> there we go. We figured there it we out. Go. There we go. Emma is free because she's shoved into a car but shouldn't be there. Yep. <laughs> Thomas? Thomas? I think I'm cheese because I taste better than I smell. Amen. <laughs> wow. Amen. Oh. Holy shit. 
Cheers. Cheers, bro. I'll drink to that. So I think the cheesoid kind of parable, if you will, is very wise <laughs> for kind of like the climate that we're in and kind of everything that's going on today. Um, it's truly quite profound that it was brought up in this episode because um, I feel like, you know, Terry Jr. also hates self. Mm-hmm. Does Ron hate self? So does Ron. I feel like Ron hates self. Ron absolutely hates self. I mean, yeah, didn't Ron fight himself or attempt to i don't know what episode we're on (laughs) (laughs) he does the daddy's home thing which hurts himself yeah Yeah. so so you know tj hates self uh ron hates self and you know at the end of the sketch or at some point in the middle of the sketch cheesoid does light herself on fire um and is upset that the brie is not flammable her master uh, Mitchell or Webb, I don't know which one's which, Same um, has created her. <laughs> but I also think it's quite profound because, like, there's so many other layers to Cheezoid. Like, you know, there's the whole beginning bit, which somehow makes sense with the rest of it, where he's making solid soup. Uh, and then he gets sent home for an hour uh, to have, like, lunch on a bench. And then he gets punched so hard that he loses his sense of smell. And my personal favorite part of the sketch is when, in in order to prove that he can smell, he goes to the corner of his room, or the kitchen, excuse me, and he puts down a little piece of garlic. And then uh, Mitchell or Webb, well, let's say Webb. I don't know which one's which. The one that's not Cheezoid's master is, like... What? What? You can't smell or the words. And Mitchell or Webb is like, I can smell. There's garlic in the corner. And then Mitchell or the other one, Webb or Mitchell, is like so disappointed with him that he sends him home. And then he has to resort to making cheesoid. And I think that's really profound in like the way that like our relationships with people work. Like as soon as they are not no longer providing a function for you. You just kick him to the curb. So, like, just because I say one thing one time, I'm suddenly useless to the entire fan base. I just cried my contacts out. (laughs) I think that could also, like, speak to, like, you know, parent-child relationships. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, like, a lot of, like, therapy business, like, Cheezoid hates self. Cheezoid hates self because parent hate Cheezoid. It's been a while since I've watched the sketch. Not no, 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 no. This is really, this is, I'm, I'm telling you, Cheezoid relevant. Yeah. Cheezoid hates self. Cheezoid should love self. Yeah. Cheezoid reflects self. Cheezoid <laughs> needs therapy. Dads need therapy. It's all coming together. Everyone needs therapy. That's the lesson you learn from Cheezoid. Everyone should get therapy. Guy, I'm so sorry. Uh, this is really embarrassing. Um, did I interrupt something? No. 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 Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to go eat some petrol. (laughs) No, cheeseoid. Cheeseoid. No, cheeseoid. That's not cheese. That's petrol. But if petrol's in here, then, oh my God. And then the breeze in the car. Oh my God. It's hilarious. Okay, you guys. uh, I feel like I've done my due diligence. Uh, Can I go? Please. Please. (laughs) Were you invited? Yeah, you don't need to ask permission when you weren't invited in the first place. We have a uh, kicked open door policy here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought this was kind of like a, like, you know, like a vampire type deal where like you have to ask me in in order to come in. And like, obviously I got in. So uh, we never should have invited Nikki in. Think about it with your brain. <laughs> OK, um, bye. Or in okay, cheese only terms. Bye. And then uh, Ron connected with Terry. And uh, he was taken away. So this ends the Terry Jr. arc. Yeah.
Boy, what a kid. What a what a kid yeah. with a troubled and storied past and not nearly enough cheese in his life. Right. I, just, I feel like we skipped over a lot from episode No, no we didn't. Emma, we I'm skipped nothing. Off. There's nothing in my notes that we didn't cover. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on to a community episode exclusive, uh, we have Making Friends with the Sun Squad, where we create a character, item, or location that we will submit via the Patreon character submission. So based on the Terry Jr. arc, what character, location, or item should we bring to the table? Something sad. I mean, I feel like the defining moment of the arc is Cheezoid, but I feel like Anthony will dismiss anything that is named Cheezoid out of hand. I think we just got to wrap Cheezoid up in just a little, little bit of wrapping paper. Some cheesecloth. Or cheesecloth. That wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so the question is, is this like a cheesecloth that if you like wipe yourself with, you get um, relief from cheesoids? It gives you gas. Not bought. No, wait, hang on. It gives you petrol. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a cheesecloth as a substitute for petrol. It's oh, a, right. It's a... It'll power their Odyssey Sun. Not that yep. we need to oh, anymore. Oh, no spoilers. For some reason, I was thinking of those like, you know, those like fake vampire teeth that you get at, like the Halloween shop that are made of plastic and terrible. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Love them. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I was thinking of those. I don't know what they do. How about, okay, okay, idea wave. Why don't we name the bar? Since the whole reason why the town was dank and gross and failing was because of the fog and all the bad shit that was happening. Why don't we name the bar now that it can have a name and a purpose? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm just racking my brain for, for some sort of rhyme or pun. I'm not there yet. So it's run by Tim the Spoolman Taylor, and uh, I, I feel like that we need to dive deep into the past and other tool time type references, because he was sponsored by Biltmore Tools. Uh, there was Okay, Al. I got it. I got it. Go ahead. Biltmore is actually a really interesting reference. Uh, Biltmore School of Forestry is one of the first, it might have been the first uh, college of forestry in the United States. What? I do, I do enjoy Biltmore facts. Yeah, a very uh, common forestry tool is a Biltmore stick, which is how it's, it's a rudimentary way of uh, kind of determining subplot size whenever you're doing a cruise in a forest. Hmm. Hmm. That is wild information I would never know. Forestry miner. There you go. I saw that uh, someone slipped a note here. And it's uh, Al Porland, name of the co-host on Tool Time, Al Borland. Is it Al Porland or Al Porland's Tavern? Oh. Uh, uh, uh. Al's Porland? Oh, Al's Porland. Wow, what a great reference. (laughs) 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 I like it. a reference to like home improvement like the yes yes (laughs) yes god damn it i don't know the characters i know that this is the beardy flannel man yep tim allen this is the not tim allen character who is a man is isn't that wilson this is not the neighbor wilson no really impressing you guys with my home improvement knowledge Yep, yep. So Owl's Poorland is a tavern run by Tim the Spoolman Taylor, and it's just a tavern <laughs> with a beardy flannel man on the sign. 
Nailed it. Redcon that. Love it. So if they ever go back to Rockport, right. do you think they'll change the name back because the French guy will be gone? Possibly. All right. So we've made friends. Uh, let's move on to the random plug. Uh, what do you have going on or what do you want to endorse? I'm going to endorse, um, I'm a few episodes late to be talking about Bones, <laughs> but I'm going to talk about it anyways. But um, I am going to endorse this book. It's called The Bone Lady by Mary M. Manheim. She's an actual forensic anthropologist, a really good book. It's only like a hundred some pages and it actually teaches you about what forensic anthropology is really about instead of bones because fuck bones. I thought Kathy Reichs was a forensic anthropologist though. Yeah, she was, but like, I'm just mad about bones. All right, that's fair. Well, uh, I've been burning my way through this show on Netflix. I hadn't seen it before. I'm not sure how many people have seen it. It's called Breaking Bad, uh, but I'm really liking it so far. Oh. Interesting. I, I, that's a new one that I've never heard of before. Yeah, you should check it out. Sounds very niche. Yeah, I've heard uh, that ever since they lost the previous uh, undiscovered gem, uh, The Office, that uh, Breaking Bad is another one that people should watch, I guess. That is actually the show that I watched before starting Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, man, you connoisseur of rare media, you. I know. I really find the uh, the real niche stuff. Yep, yep. All right. Kelly, do you want to plug anything? Because I got nothing. Uh, I'm going to plug the history show Vikings just because I have really needed a cathartic outlet for all of my anger right now. And you know what? It's Vikings going and just fucking some people up. All right. I'm boring, but I'm not Beth May and she's not here to send us out. More theme music goes here. Ba-dang, 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 ba-dang. This podcast was created and produced by a vegan group of volunteers. Talking Sons was mastered and edited by Igniti. Our theme music is Madness is Everywhere by Lobo Loco. Find the Talking Sons podcast wherever fine podcasts are entered, or follow us on Twitter or Facebook via the at Talking Sons handle. If you enjoyed this community episode and would like to be a part of the last two in the future, ask around the right Dungeons & Daddies fan communities. Did Daryl and Henry kiss this episode? No, they didn't, and I was very disappointed in them.